Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome to the Human Conversation. And I haven't had a special guest for some time because the last few episodes I've done were solo episodes, but I have a very special guest. Um, and of course he's special because he is my son. Hello, Sam. Hello. So I've got Sam White with me. Sam, obviously my son, now 18 years old, which is quite unbelievable, makes me feel very old. And the last time Sam was on my podcast, interestingly, was right at the beginning of my podcasting journey. So Sam was, I think, about 14, 13, 14 years old. We did this wonderful episode all about his thoughts about this schools and education system, which was well worth a listen. My goodness me, did we cover some ground in that podcast. But today we want to talk about how you build a community. And this is going to be a super episode because... It's really important, not just for people like Sam, because you're going to gather once we've had our chat, why it's important to him. But to any entrepreneur, it's really important to build a community of like-minded people who share your values and your interests. And they naturally become your fans because you connect and you have so much in common with each other. So it's a great, great topic. We're going to kick off, as usual, with all of the normal conversation. So sometimes we don't have an agenda. What we do is we just talk about what it takes. So I'm going to start with um, asking you, Sam, when was the first time that you got real experience of having to build a community? Yeah, so uh, it was a while back. It's probably about two years ago. Um, I used to, uh, at the time, I, I was quite interested in um, games on Roblox. So I thought, you know, I was sort of playing one day and I, I came across this one game which had an incredible community um, surrounding it. And the player base was they were very dedicated. The whole game was really, really exciting to be in. You felt fully immersed by the community. Um, and it sort of inspired me to do something like that for myself. You know, and I, this was just for fun at the start. You know, I wanted to do something that I really enjoyed. Um, so I started off, I liked sci-fi at the time, and I started off by making a little group where we would go around in spaceships, like flying around, shooting each other. And that was pretty much it. Um, and I started building a little base as well on, on the Roblox studio. So that was my first experience, sort of thinking about getting a group of people together, sort of with a common cause and, um, and common interests. And that was really interesting. I, I learned a lot just from sort of the the next year of doing that. So Sam, let's talk about where you've built that community because I'm sure the listeners are probably thinking actually you can build community in, in lots of different ways, face-to-face -face communities as much as online. But predominantly what we're talking about is the online space because yeah. of the nature of gaming, for instance. And, you yeah. know, this will become apparent as, as we both talk 
because I too have built a community. So it, this is brilliant because we're going to share experiences here. So tell us about where you have built your community then. Yeah, my community is in a very uh, unique place because, you know, lots of times you might build it on a website. You might use something like a, a member press or, for example, with you, uh, Mighty Networks. My uh, community is very much set in one place, which is Roblox. Uh, we use Discord as well um, sort of to communicate with each other, but it really doesn't move outside of those two platforms. So we're very, it's very unique to those two places. I suppose sort of the big difference and the thing that I've experienced most is having to build it within a game because you can't build a Roblox community just by sitting, you know, doing, for example, you can't do email marketing, you can't uh, just write a newsletter, you can't start doing normal things that you might naturally think, oh yeah, let's go and do that and that will start building a community. You can't just make a social media post on Instagram. You can't do those things. So you have to get really stuck in and become a member yourself almost, you know, and actually build it from the inside out. So it's really interesting, a very different dynamic, you know, to other memberships. So one of the things I thought was really interesting, Sam, was when you talk about having to be a player. You know, I always talk about having to step into the world of your customer, you know, when we're mm. selling. But it's the same kind of principle when you're talking about building a community, because Again, you've got to step into the game or you've got to step into that platform and be the member that you want to attract, in essence, which is quite yeah. an interesting concept. Tell us more about your thought process around that. It's quite useful uh, because, you you know, lots of people have to do market research. You have to really look into, you know, stepping into the world of your buyer, for example. It's very different in this case where you are essentially the buyer and you're convincing other buyers like to come and buy. It's really weird. So because of the way Roblox is, it's like a metaverse. So when you want to build your following, you need to build that following within that metaverse. You can't go outside it. So when I was trying to build the followers, when I was trying to get a little bit of an audience, I would go to a couple of games that are actually specifically made for groups who want to grow. So for example, there's a game called Group Recruitment Plaza where you literally go, it's an exhibition essentially in a Roblox game. You set up a stand, you give your little description, put your titles, some pictures, maybe some outfits if that's your thing. Um, and then you you go and you hustle kind of, you know, you, you have to find people, you have to pull them to one side and you have to really try and draw them in because most of the time they are like distracted Roblox players just whizzing around trying to find something that catches their eye instantly. So it's very, it feels very real. And it feels very much like you're actually at some form of exhibition, you know, but you're not like it's all online and it's all from home. So that's very interesting. Uh, I think the communication skills as well that you need are really quite different. You can't talk to people with your voice in the first instance, sometimes at all, ever. It's quite rare. Like you, you have to build your group to a certain point for people to want to, to, you know, to be comfortable enough to come onto like a voice call with some other friends and that. So a lot of what you're doing is learning how to communicate clearly through text and then also getting through the barrier, like the moderation barrier that Roblox has. You can't say certain words. You actually can't say Discord on Roblox. It, it used to, well, I think you might be able to now, but it used to actually tag it and uh, block it out. So if you're trying to invite people onto your Discord server, it was a minefield. You had to really like make new words that you pronounced as Discord, like you would spell yeah. it D-I-S. C-O-A-R-D or something like that and it would get through 
Yeah. There's all sorts of little tricks like that. But there's also a really interesting dynamic. And when once you've got those people interested in your group, you still have to keep it within Roblox. Everything is kept within. So you build your own game, for example. You know, that's one of the big things that I did is I built my own little platform to host events, for example. So in my case, it was a sci-fi group. So we built a military base and I hosted little military events. We would have our little guns and our uniforms. Um, and then we would meet up with other groups similar to ours and we would fight them. We would have battles with them. And that is really immersive for the players. So that was our biggest way of doing it. Sometimes you don't, you don't want to go into something like that thinking, oh, I can get members from this. But sometimes you will clash with another group and they will actually, the members from that group will like yours more and start to join yours. So <laughs> it is a little bit like, you know, how can we get one over on, on these people? Not just by winning a battle maybe, but actually by causing sort of a, a, an illusion maybe, or not illusion if you are good enough, but an illusion that you're better than all the other groups you know yeah. you are the group to be joined yeah um and we did do that for a little while we definitely had sort of an edge but it's fascinating the difference so so this is interesting because they're skills that you have that you can't use in some instances on Roblox so as you say the power of audio and voice which we in the big world of business, we take those things for granted because actually we promote using those. We promote having conversations like this on Zoom and audio messaging and video messaging and things like that. In the world of Roblox, where you're talking of kind of the, well, children really ultimately are your core audience. There's a lot of regulation around that quite rightly, by the way. Um, where you then have to be really super smart to not only be able to communicate, but also prove you're legitimate because everybody is suspicious of everyone in these kind of platforms, aren't they now? Which which must Absolutely. be a real barrier for you, as you say. So it's smart what you're saying, Sam, in terms of how you've then developed the ability to connect with people in this kind of legitimate way to build trust for them to then come along and join your group what about things like churn so there's there's a great business business phrase for you because every membership and every community you build has an element of churn to it Um, how have you experienced that in your community that you built churn is a really interesting dynamic because it happens no matter where you are when it comes to memberships you know roblox being really unique you can't escape churn churn is something that we still like really struggle with really the key that i've found something that i have used a lot is you find the members who you're who are not going to leave the members who are going to stay and you reward them for their diligence so they stay in the group they're attentive maybe they really love what you're doing you recognize that don't just leave them in the dark you actually bring them up if you wanted to be more passive as sort of the leader of a group if you want to be a bit more passive and step back a bit give your most involved members a little bit more power to do certain things. So for example, I let some people create events and all I really had to do is just check out what they wanted to create. Yeah, that's fine. And then they went and did it and I didn't even have to join the event and there would be what 30 plus members who were able to go and have a fun time, maybe doing um, a battle or something. I wouldn't even have to get involved. I could go and do something else that was productive for the group. So that's the way I was almost allocating it. 
And you'd think about it in some cases, people are like, well, hold on a minute. You're just making your members do things. But you've got to remember that in the Roblox universe, the higher up you are in a group, the more work you're doing for a group, if you love it, the better you, you're doing, the better it is, the, better, the more immersive the experience is. So these members are uh, volunteering, but they love it. They're passionate about it. And that that really keeps churn under control for me because then it allows any new players to come. They have a stable environment that's safe and it feels more official because there's lots of higher members, you know, higher up members. So that it's not like one weird person you know, controlling everything. It's a group of people working together. And that already, that harmony brings a lot of peace of mind to new yeah. players. Yeah. Um, and, and the best part is the people who do leave after joining once or say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll join a, a training or something like that, or I'll join a battle, and then they don't, is that they weren't right for the group anyway. And, yeah. and the group wasn't right for them. They'll go and find their place in their tribe. You see, this is where you're super smart. I know you're my son. But equally, when you listen to what you're saying and what you're talking about here, this is everything that we can also understand in the business environment. So let's say my membership, for example, it's not quite as difficult for me to communicate because I've got a lot more flexibility in what I can put out there. I can use lots of social media platforms. I can talk to them. I can send videos. I can do all of those things. There's one advantage. My downside sometimes is that my subject matter whilst it's sales and everybody wants to understand how to sell uh has a lot of people giving advice in my space an awful lot of people so whilst the subject is niched to a degree it's not uh it's not especially niche if that makes mm. sense yeah. that means that to keep my membership community engaged i have to do something that means they want to keep coming back now there's things like the lessons in the sweet shop which are the video lessons they're bite-sized they're really great in terms of learning but there's a discipline has to go with taking part in those Sam so I mm. can't force people to watch and learn those lessons by running an event every week on a Thursday evening at the same time is how I've kept the core engagement of my community. That's been a mix of Q&A sessions, guest speakers. They used to run their own member sessions. So a member would come in, do a session. We have a book club. So that for me is what has helped with my churn. But even though I have a lot more advantages than you have, I think my churn is worse because I don't have as much opportunity as you do with regard to you having a very specific niche subject to your community and also I think your audience let's mm. talk about your audience because your audience are predominantly a younger generation who you understand yes. yeah what makes that audience different to maybe the audience I appeal to which is the slightly older entrepreneurial space first of all I think mindset is the biggest difference um, that I've noticed anyway because every time a new generation happens there's these new set of norms and values with humanity right that's the way we do it right um and they always have these theories like your, your attention span shortens um every generation for example things like that and even if that's like a myth it feels true so for example the difference between my community and your community would be 
with churn. It's a very quick process. So for example, you guys, you might have somebody come in, they might stay for a couple of months, check it out and they might leave. And then someone else comes in, they might stay for a bit longer, check it out and then they leave or they stay and things like that. That's your sort of churn time, right? Whereas for us, it's, it's by the day. So you have to make sure with you, you've got a weekly um, session. We have daily, we, well, we had daily sessions because there's such a different mindset in that community. It's very much about these guys, you know, as, as you said, rightly, they're younger. So the oldest person we had, I think was 21. We mainly had teenagers. We didn't have anyone below the age of 10 in our group specifically, but you do get them on Roblox. But what we found is, you know, school day happens, get home from school, play. And it's, it's an escape for them. And the thing is, if the thing you're trying to escape is happening every single day, then you're going to come and escape it every single day, right? So if school happens Monday to Friday, then Monday to Friday evening, these guys will be desperate to come and actually have something happening. So if we did one weekly meeting in our group, they'd get bored and they'd move away. Because they'd be like, well, we can't wait for this every week. This isn't good enough. It's like when you have your favorite show and it's releasing every week. You go, oh, yeah. when the episode finishes, you know? <laughs> That's but so then true. It's like, well, they, they have other options. So they can just go, ah, oh, let's try another group. So you but, have to stay ahead. But what's really interesting is if I put an event on every day in my group, people yeah. wouldn't attend because it would be overwhelming. So it yeah. is it is true that you kind of have this different dynamic in how people consume their content. So and I think anyone listening who's thinking I'd really like to set up a community, whether it's because they're young like you, Sam, or whether it's mm. because they want a membership in, on a business level, it, these subjects are all really relevant. And that's why this conversation is great, because we're sharing slightly different experiences, but actually we're covering some great ground here, aren't we? Now, there's mm. something else I want to talk about, which I think it leads on from what you said earlier about the way you were able to get people to come into your community and just set up their own events. You sent check them. You gave them some sort of autonomy, if you like, to just be able to get on and just be um, important and relevant and of value in your community by allowing them to start events. I love mm. that. Now, how important then is leadership? when you're creating a community? Because I think this is really, actually, I think this is a really important subject. I think it's huge, it's hugely important. There's like no doubt about it. Almost every community you can think of, even if it's a group of people who don't have one specific leader right now, let's take religions, for example, their communities, even if they don't have a leader right now, they did. They, there was one there's someone they follow even if they're not on this earth anymore they will follow them there is always someone who needs to be followed in the community if you want a nice bit of stability um and fairness a lot of the time is is really a, a good a product of that so in our community for example as you said we we were rewarding players who were a lot more active by giving them more responsibilities and allowing them to do more things what we ended up creating was a tree sort of like it branched out, you know, so you had one main leader at the top who had a couple of extra leaders below him and then some smaller leaders below him, smaller leaders below him, and then you had sort of the masses. And what that created was a really nice system. Let's say you're in a military group, for example, on Roblox, because that's what we did. You've got um, your generals at the very top. If a new player comes in and I go straight to a general and says, what do I do? Where do I join? That 
is quite confusing and quite a lot to take on for the general because they're already working on events. They're already, um, for example, promoting the group. These guys have been given a lot of responsibility. So what they do is they then give the responsibility to people that they trust and then so on and so on. Mm. And so it's not just about maybe that one leader, but by rewarding the activity of the players, we're creating, um, I don't want to say hierarchy because hierarchy is a little bit rigid and it makes it sound like it's a bit of a power play, but it's not. It's uh, taking the weight off the higher people's shoulders a bit and then they become experts in that sort of thing. So the people who are nearer to the bottom, but they know what they're doing, they'll get questions and they'll be able to answer them. They'll be useful members of the community and they will go on later on if they stay become things like moderators where they you know they uh, monitor behavior and they make sure that nobody's breaking rules or hacking and things like that Mm. so and this brings you back to churn as well it's having sort of that um, structure where players can can work their way up a ladder per se Uh, you kind of have um, the not just churn of normal players but you now have churn of higher up players and and you're what you're watching is almost like a bunch of cycles you know it's like people are winding their way up and, and some people are leaving here and here and here and that creates even more diligent people at the very top so when you start you know you have to pick the best of your lot so that might not exactly be the best overall it's just people who can get the job done uh, but eventually once you get the ball rolling a little bit once the community gets more engaged and once your events get better and once you're able to afford um, better models and guns and vehicles, things that make the game really fun and the group really fun, you find that the people who stick around the longest aren't just, you know, active players anymore. They are experienced players. They're players who really know what they're doing. And they will have studied things like the law behind, the st- like the story behind the group. If you've done that, like we did that, for example, we've got a whole story and a whole history behind the group. They will have studied that. They will know about it. They'll know how we fight. They'll know how the group um, evolves. They'll know how it grows. And so you could trust them even more than you could trust the people before that. And that's the way we grow on Roblox, at least. I I can't really talk for maybe other memberships out there. I'm sure there is definitely a way you can translate that. I think the way it gets translated in, in the business groups that I've seen is that a small group will perhaps have one leader. So for instance, the founder of that group. You have other groups where that when they grow to sort of certain numbers, because the numbers are now getting bigger and bigger, they now start to have associates and people who are, like you say, these longer term members who really believe in the, the message and the methodology even. And they'll then take a stake in, I'll run an event each week, I'll, I'll deliver some learning. And, and basically you, you create the same kind of principle really in some of these other membership groups. I think what's really interesting about our conversation is then where this has all come to today. So remember, we started off saying, well, this is the group that you started on Discord and on Roblox a year, year and a half ago, I think you said. Now, that was with the view that you were going to build your own game. It was almost a bit of a passion project. It was a little bit of a dipping your toe in the unknown. You'd never developed games. You know, you've gone from music production to suddenly game design. You know, this is what happens when you start finding the things you love. Tell us what is actually happening now. We are 2023. You turned 18 on the 1st of January. Yes. What so... happened next? 
<laughs> these past two years of learning and experience have sort of accumulated together and I've always wanted to do this uh, but obviously I can't I couldn't have done it until I turned 18 I set up my own game studio uh, as a limited company and I'm going to properly develop games now it's gone from a passion project you know where I, I just wanted to be the player right the way up to it now becoming not just me being the player but actually me like I know serving the players you know and and allowing new people to come along one day see my game and go ah oh, I'd really like to set up a group about this like you know I'd love that sort of thing to happen so with white studios which is the studio I've set up I'm going to at the start I'm going to develop Roblox games because it's really easy to make a community it's very cheap to make games on Roblox so it's just much easier for a startup and then, you know, if, if things go well, we're going to move on and, and become an indie studio, hopefully. And that's that, you know, and we probably will stick with uh, the themes that we have started off with. So we've always had a sci-fi theme. Even before the studio was created, it's been a group. It's always been sci-fi. The only other thing I could ever imagine we would do is some form of maybe medieval game, something historical, but really there is a massive gap right now for communities and and gaming where there's sci-fi there's some incredible games that are really pushing boundaries but it's like they're just in a real stage of people promising communities things and they're not delivering so we want to become essentially the studio that delivers in the end yeah I like that I like that kind of concept and I think what's really interesting about this whole thing is you've mentioned Roblox as the platform what an amazing business model they have where they allow you to be a player when you're younger but ultimately you now have this ability to build games on that platform uh, mm. autonomously so you can run your own little business by building a game on their platform which as you say makes it so much cheaper to do it has a captive audience for you ready but listen we mustn't make this sound like this is an amazing idea and you're going to be a millionaire by the middle of the the year because actually the, the other thing that comes with roblox is a huge amount of builders who are building a huge amount of games some of which hardly get played it's a very diluted space. What yeah. will make you different, Sam? How are you going to stand out from the crowd with this game? So uh, we're starting off with White Studio's first project, which is going to be Hyperion. It's a city it, that we're building on Roblox. And really, this is, this is, first of all, that alone will set us apart. If we can build a city that players can role play in, because this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a role playing game. So if players can role play in a city, that alone sets us apart from the millions of games that are diluting the market, who are just appearing with their little sort of quirks and things, that will separate it from them essentially. So that instantly will reduce our competition by a, a lot. The next thing which really will set us apart, property customization. So players, when they're in the game, they get a job, they earn their money, and they actually are able to buy apartments in the city. And eventually we'll be adding houses, but we're going to start off with apartments. They can customise their apartments with furniture, paint the walls, do this, that and the other, make it their own, essentially. 
And we know this model works because one of the largest games on Roblox, well, the largest games on Roblox all use this um, sort of configurable house model where you can customize your home and make it really something that is you. You know, people walk in and that's you that they're seeing. So we know players love that. What they don't have is it in a sci-fi setting. So we are, you know, how I say we're sticking to sci-fi, but they, they really don't. And sci-fi is a huge genre that is only just being able to emerge because for years, as Roblox has been developing their, their engine, which is what you use to build games, has not been strong enough to support games that are so big. The sci-fi games have to be really big and very intensive normally if you want to make them good. So all of these years they've been preparing and preparing and now they're at a point where we can push the limits and they're rewarding that in game developers. They want that, that new generation of, of boundary pushers and pioneers. So that's where we're coming in with Hyperion is we are going to create basically We've got the housing situation, so all the people can can build their houses. You've got the role play aspect. You've got the sci-fi aspect. Then you've got an expanded world, which is basically all in one iteration. So you go, there's different districts in the city. Normally with a current Roblox game, you might have to switch to a different server altogether to get into a new district because it, it because of the lag and you know how intense the game can be. We're going to try and make it all in one. So that's that alone is a big boundary pusher but the biggest one is going to be the live economy so we want players to be able to set up their own business within the game we're almost creating a metaverse within the game without ruining the experience for the younger players of course because if people don't know how to do it they don't have to you know they can absolutely make their way by doing the normal route but if the point is if you want to expand further you want to find loopholes in the game if you want to earn loads and loads of the in-game money if you want to really deck out your house if you want to buy cool vehicles cool clothes meet important people all of those things that's what this live economy is going to do so we'll have people setting up shops uh, restaurants clothing stores all of those little things and eventually hopefully we'll be able to set up uh, like a, a trading system where people will be able to buy stocks on little businesses that exist within our own little metaverse is kind of mind blowing when you think about <laughs> it. And you, you sort of sit here and you think the possibilities feel like they're endless. But listen, here's the key things. And we're not going to give away all your secrets about how you're going to make your revenue. But ultimately, for your players, you're going to give them things that will make them love this game and more engaged with this game whilst being able to generate revenue for your business so you mm. know it, it's kind of like a win-win scenario isn't it where you know players can can personalize their own houses um, they can also have their own currency within the game they can start a business in the game like you say very smart in terms of allowing your player to play the game the way they want to play it Mm. I, I love this so they don't feel restricted but they also don't feel uncomfortable if they want to play it in a simplistic way that's very cool now on a business level Sam I'm thinking this mm. is this is brilliant we can do all these things da, 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 da. and anyone who listens to me talk about sales I talk about things like the value ladder I talk about things like how overwhelming this can be when you've got a million products you want to sell to people how are you going to make sure that this game launches in a really smart way so that you build 
information about your players so you understand what they love so that you create uh, ongoing revenue and you build growth in your business. You know, all these things that I would say to you if I was coaching you, what are the key things that will make this not overwhelming for Sam White? Well, first of all, Roblox is a massive helper in the sense that it's it's a lot easier to make games. So money-wise, I can actually have quite a large team of people helping out. And not only that, people who really know what they're doing on Roblox, but also who love the idea, people who are passionate about it, that alone is a massive helper in starting it. Uh, but the big thing is, is really separating everything out by all of these different features. These aren't features that we're just going to all release at once. You know, the live economy might not really work as a live economy should until quite a bit later on because we need first of all we need the player base we need um, people who are not only the player base but we need the people who are interested in setting up the businesses and things like that in the first place we actually need to trial it and make sure that people really do love it things like that so what we do is instead of just saying dump it all at once on everyone and blow their minds away and then have this huge spike in popularity and then dip and then take ages to recover from it. What we're going to do is we're going to release the game in a state where it's just a little bit better than everything else. Like it's just a bit better, you know, it's, it's nice quality. It's not overwhelming. It's just, you know, simple stuff, baby steps. So the housing system where you can customize your houses, that will exist. Things like being able to uh, earn money, that will exist. And the city will exist as well but not in its full form yet. And some people might say, well, why aren't you doing this? This won't create the excitement you want it to. Well, it will, because that alone, even not even half of what we've got planned, that alone is still better than most games out there. So if we, if we can produce that, that will catch people's attention. The best bit then is really making a nice gentle slope upwards. So we don't want to go crazy and add 10 different incredible updates all at once because it will overwhelm the player base. They won't, they won't know what to do with themselves. They'll be like, whoa. And I've seen this in games that I love. They've released too much at once. And I've gone a bit like, this is crazy, had a blast and actually only got halfway through the content that they've released and then got bored and left. So what we're doing is we're cutting it up into nice chunks, bite-sized chunks. Um, you know, the next thing after we release the game sort of in its pre-alpha stage is maybe, for example, we'll add a new district to the city. We'll build something new. Maybe we'll really start to kick off the live economy. Maybe we'll add a new feature like that. Um, I guess you'll have to find out if you follow it. But yeah. the, the, the whole uh, process is going to be about spacing it out nicely. Uh, and then finally, the big thing for me is um, not promising too much. Uh, don't overpromise because this is a huge, huge problem massive problem that game studios actually off roblox especially are dealing with or not dealing with i suppose uh where they are saying well we're going to do this we're going to do this and we're going to do this and they promise massive updates and then they'll release a new type of item and everyone's like well you promised an entire planet or whatever and you've released a new spoon and it's like there's and this is what it feels like to the player base it's a disappointment yeah. And the worst part is the effect that that will have on your team as a, as a game studio is when they work really hard on a small product while you're sat there high up promising everyone else something much bigger, they release it 
it gets bad press because that's not what everyone was expecting and then your team are demoralized and it's like mm. you know what are you doing mm. so what we're going to make sure we do is that we are at least halfway through a feature where we know it's well on the way we know it's possible and we know that we can reach a date for it we're not going to be over promising and then we're going to announce it to everyone and say mm. by the way guys this is coming soon because if we say for example we're going to have um a, a massive city that it, and it's absolutely going to happen by this date and you've got to be there and then we realize that this is a lot harder than we thought and we need a bit more time to do this we we haven't planned what we might want to update in between to keep people interested first of all even if we did have that we've made them interested in a much bigger shinier object so they're not going to be interested in the duller objects in between yeah so we will have messed that that up so that's really the main stages we're going to take to, to keep things going. yeah it's some great advice there for anyone in business not just if they're doing game design you know thinking about when you're launching your business not launching everything at once maybe understanding which new products you're going to bring in and when and timing's a huge piece around this and also marketing is a huge piece around this we talked about marketing sam you and i whereby mm. obviously a lot of the marketing has to sit in Roblox and rightly so that's your captured audience but there's equally a YouTube element um Twitch you know we already have talked about the fact that those two channels will be important for you and influencers on those channels who then start getting interested in your game are going to be huge we need to work out how we connect with them and have conversations with them that's that's another yeah. story so there's so much to think about here but What's very cool is we bring it all the way back to community because mm. what I've seen happen with what you've done is you started that community 18 months, two years ago. You started to build a community of like-minded people who are passionate about the subject of sci-fi and military. You didn't even have the game back then that resembles the game you're going to launch. And that's interesting because that game's evolved even more. How exciting that some of those guys are still with you and are now part of your production team to create this game. How exciting is that? And isn't that the message about creating community, huh? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I I feel really lucky, actually, because especially with the Roblox community, as I was saying earlier, with the churn being so much faster than with other uh, memberships out there, it's amazing that I've still got, I've got about five people who are just so unbelievably dedicated compared to everyone else. They've stayed. One person was my second member ever to join two years ago, and he's still here. And he's still getting ready to become a community leader and, and work on and building that community. So it feels incredible. So yeah, the, the biggest, the biggest thing is that because they've been here for the entire journey, they've watched the group evolve. They know everything about the group, everything about the group. Um, and not only do they know everything sort of that I've written down, for example, about the story, or not only do they maybe know all the ranks in order of the military or what, you know, the little um, trivial sort of type things, but they actually know how the group lives. You know, they, they can see the evolution of the group happening. They know how fast it evolves. They know how we fight. As I said earlier, pe people who know how we fight in a military group is very, they're very useful people because it's really good to have people like that. They know all of these different things. And so taking it on a different aspect now, because we're not just fighting Roblox battles now as a little group, we're developing a game. 
set to make a lot of money. That's the idea behind this game, really. If you've really watered it right the way down, that's now the new purpose. And they still somehow, and I'm amazed they have done it, but they've managed to use what they had then and they brought it into now. And, and they figured new ways of how we can basically make our game more profitable, but not at the expense of our, of our players. You know, mm. our players are actually enjoying it more Hence, it's more profitable. That's yeah. the idea. Isn't that lovely? Know? That's such a great sentiment in terms of how, A, how you build a game, how you do sales, how you build a community. Whilst, yes, of course, we will make money, hopefully, on it because you want to make money to make a living. But actually, you're not thinking about how do I get rich? You're thinking about how do I create the best game that people want to come and play and stay? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That, that's that's the absolute right way to think about it. And for me, that's how you will continue to be profitable and successful because you're thinking about it the right way. So that player first scenario. Sam, we've chatted for a long time, so I always have to try and bring these podcasts to a close. But it's been really, really amazing chatting to you. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I think... <laughs> what you're demonstrating to anyone who may be younger and listening to this, or maybe even older and starting a business or have a business of their own that they perhaps just want to add some new dimensions to, build a community of their own. It's been really insightful to watch how you did it from a place where you didn't really know how to do it. And that's mm. the magic here, I think. So everything you've done has been gut instinct, uh, life skills, everything I talk about in sales, you've used potentially to build the community you initially started and you continue now to build that community ready for the launch of the game, which we think will be when, Sam? Uh, mid to late April is, is when pre-alpha is set to yeah. be going out. Yeah, which is super exciting. Now, the other thing you do have to tell the audience, because there may be a lot of parents listening who have got your players in their household how are they going to be able to follow this and get to know what's going on well okay so we have our discord server and we have our roblox group the studios group is called white studios hyphen ws if you wanted we'll to look put that the up. links in as well on the podcast yeah yeah that's fine and then the roblox group is called the grand interstellar empire which is the world the empire that everything is set in and if you want your kids to get involved in that sort of thing, you know, if they're interested in this sort of game, that's the group they need to go to because that's going to be the community where they can play the game. While well, Studios is where you follow the development of the game. Um, okay. And also, just for like parents' sake, we are aiming sort of to add that slightly educational aspect as well without everyone noticing it, of course, because players need to enjoy the game. But things like the uh, economic system, uh, running your own little business, all of those things are going to be very real and they have the ability to fail and they have the ability, if it does fail, to actually start again. So there is a really, really nice lesson that you can learn from playing this game about life and actually about business as well. So if you've got kids who love entrepreneurial stuff, who do that sort of thing, then this game might be right up their alley as well. Thanks, Sam. It's been super chatting to you again. All those years on, you look very different to how you looked the first time we did our podcast <laughs> together. You've got a mullet and your voice is a lot lower. Yeah. But it's been great because 
obviously super proud, but equally, I have to tell you that I haven't really helped that much with this. And you have just got on and learned and taught yourself so much. And I, I admire that about you, which is super. Uh, I, I am excited about doing the next podcast with you, which talks about how to sell a successful business and become a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, there you have it. There's a wonderful podcast for you right here that talks about building a community not just from a perspective of a younger person like Sam, who started his community around the age of 16, but from me too, although I haven't added a huge amount, but everything Sam talks about is relevant for building a business community uh, in many, many ways. So don't think about building a community as having thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Think about it as having the right people. There's something called Dunbar's number, which you must look up if you haven't heard me talk about it. And it ultimately tells you that the magic number of a community that really works is 150 people. So hold that thought because it's a very interesting concept. Thank you for listening. All the links are going to be in with the podcast notes. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher and probably many other channels now. And you can watch me and Sam if you want to, Sam in his Blue Room on YouTube. I do hope it's been useful. Please like and subscribe and we will see you next time on The Human Conversation. Ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.